Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at The Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. And I'm Pete Wright. And you know what? It probably is also a submarine. (laughs) Today, we are talking about Minute 34, which begins with confusion for Stephen Bruce and ends with entry to the bridge. Oh, it's a beautiful minute. Beautiful. Back on the show, it's Will Freeland. Hello again, Will. Hi. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, helicarrier time. It's time. My first question for the two of you is, what do you think is actually worse for Bruce? A submarine or a flying aircraft carrier? Submarine. I think it's totally wrong. A submarine's worse. This is not much. Submarine is way worse. Wait, this is much better. Like, it's the open air, Bruce. It's open air. You could fall off of a plane and Hulk will survive. Yeah. You, you, You go outside of a submarine, it's just more death man and he's gonna rip a hole and everyone will die whereas this i mean I, I mean sure he could screw it up for people but still yeah everyone will die this they literally built a container on this vessel to throw him out of it like <laughs> they're gonna be fine <laughs> oh okay well all right i like the line though i do like the line like it's oh, uh, it's good. Ruffalo delivers it well. It's funny in the context of the movie. It's fine and funny. And don't stop and think about it. Stop listening to this show. There it is. There it is. This uh, uh, the the fantasy tech of this minute is just so much fun to look at. Um, it's uh, you know I mean and they play it well. And and for anyone who knows what the helicarrier is, you know what's going to happen. But what I like about it is you know Steve and uh, and Bruce they have no idea and they're just kind of looking at like. The horizon like oh oh is this a sub like I, I like the way that that plays especially after natasha said you know you might want to come inside might be hard to breathe um but then you get this sense that um oh no th- these things are coming up out of the sides of this thing and with giant turbines uh it just it's kind of beautiful it is really kind of beautiful to watch what is our can, can you do what, what what's the the entire scope of the use of the helicarrier in the comics. Like, do you remember your first helicarrier? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't everybody remember their first helicarrier? So, helicarriers were always a thing by the time I was reading. Because helicarriers, the concept of the helicarrier is pretty old. But the, um, the like, quote-unquote main Marvel 616, their helicarriers are a lot more bulbous. And, like, the bottom of the helicarrier is like comes out in like a giant like bubble kind of where all of the um panels like the viewing panels and all that kind of stuff are and andy mentioned a couple days ago that this helicarrier is much more uh designed by the uh, influenced by the ultimate helicarriers from marvel earth 1610 it's weird that I know these things, but I know it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the more sleek design. But like, as long as I've been reading comics, which is only the past just over twenty years, helicarriers have always been around. Shield has fallen apart since then, and so you don't typically see helicarriers around very often anymore. It's one of those things where, depending on how old you are, something has always been a part of your world, right? Like for me, I've always had like uh, uh, color television or um, uh, like a tape recorders or like Walkman 
but like you know younger kids these days have other things that they've always had that you know we just didn't grow up on and stuff like that so i don't remember my first helicarrier but what does stand out is every new iteration or universe of marvel the first time we see their version of the helicarrier so like the ultimate helicarrier or like the avengers cartoons helicarrier the mcu helicarrier the lego helicarrier like the first time you come across it that's always like a oh this design oh, okay they added this onto there that's always <laughs> a lot of fun yeah. i i'm struggling to find the helicarrier of my memory hmm of when I was a kid, but I remember it more like you talk about it being sleek. I do remember more of like dome stuff going on. Like right. it was a big, the big bulbous like ball floating. On the bottom, right? Yeah. It was yeah. a big floating ball of like green, like light and levels and stuff. It was, it was very strange. Uh, and the propellers, I don't remember my first helicarrier ever having propellers. They were always some sort of jet type, type thing. Uh, back in the days of like, Nick Fury Sr. and, like, when Wolverine was in Madripoor's patch, those were, like, quadcopter helicarriers, okay. which I feel like is really... You'd have to have the biggest freaking propellers oh, for that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and they, well, they never are yeah. quite big enough in the comics, but yes. <laughs> sure. did they, yeah. At one point, did they look like... They looked more like a cruise ship, right? If I remember, it just... It had multiple... Like big decks and when in in uh, I don't know I this is the problem there are so many helicarriers the right. shield helicarrier has it's been changed so much changed yeah, so much years, yeah. yeah it always it's I don't know if there's ever a fully agreed upon design <laughs> but I think that's one of the fun things in the comics where they get to say oh now I get to play in this world I'm going to come up with my own and I think that's one of the things that any comic book artist probably loves like they probably say okay. Iron Man's suit has to kind of contain these primary things. Uh, the helicarrier, okay, it just needs to hold people. So go at it. Come right. up with something crazy. Yeah. it's. I, I feel like they are allowed a little more flexibility with that. For sure. I think so. This helicarrier, I have to say, I was a little worried about Bruce and Steve when they walk up to the edge <laughs> of the ship <laughs> to look down over the giant turbine that happens to be sitting there. And, okay, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It is a it's a turbine. It's going to be in order to lift it up. It's going to be sucking from a from up and pushing it down. So theoretically, wouldn't they be like really close to being like sucked, sucked right into down it? into it? I know they're super yeah. beings, but still, I I'm a little concerned for them. See, the way that the MCU turbines work is they suck straight up and they don't actually make a cone of suction. Yes, there's no vortex. Uh, of course. Okay. <laughs> it's straight up and down. Oh, okay. I, I think it's safe. No like, prize I, right there. <laughs> I do feel like there is a remarkable like lack of safety gear for any sort of heights anywhere on the helicarrier, given where they are. Absolutely. I would say that's a generally uh, typical thing in any sort of science fiction <laughs> fantasy film. Yeah. Like, look at the anything involving space in Star Wars. Like, they never have railings on anything. Uh, right. It's they like have any gravity also. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh okay, gosh. so okay. to to go on this, like, take a take a needle and poke yeah. as many holes <laughs> as you can. 
<laughs> design wise, I don't understand where those propellers were hiding. Like, why, why did you build your helicarrier to have the four turbines be able to go down? I guess unless you're doing the espionage thing and you want it to look like an aircraft carrier, but also like, just leave it in the air. You have cloaking tech. Like, there's no, well, I guess we don't know currently that they have cloaking tech, but like, from a, from a design perspective, it just, those four propellers just, come out of the water and just go up the side <laughs> of the helicarrier to where they go to like ready for liftoff. Where did they come? Like, are they just chilling underwater this entire time? Do they like fold out? Cause the Lego, Oh my God. The Lego design doesn't, uh, doesn't include any of that. <laughs> they come up in a way where it looks like they're parallel to the surface, right? Where it looks yeah. like they're, they're lifting yeah. straight up. In my brain, in the very end of the last minute, when we see those, and at the beginning of this minute, we see those little like piston arms. It looks like it's going to lift these things up almost like wings that had been hiding vertically underwater, but then they come up horizontally. But when we see them, they don't do that. And so it is right. kind of a confusing thing that they have going on here. Engineering wise, it just doesn't make sense. You guys, I'm so embarrassed. That's, this is the first time I've ever noted that they move. <laughs> the propellers oh. <laughs> like this is like a total new bit of awareness what? to me i in my head <laughs> now wait wait hear me out in my head <laughs> seriously uh, this is crazy they move they're moving what is happening right now my entire yeah. worldview is shook so <laughs> in my head i miss the piston things that, andy that you just pointed out and in my head the design of this thing had <laughs> this is ridiculous had the whole thing just sitting much lower in the water. So when the uh, piston, uh. when the props start turning, it lifts the whole thing up. Gotcha. And I, but I, I never noticed that in fact, when it's fully up in the air, the propellers are at deck level. Like they had to have moved up. Yeah. They're level with the rest of the deck. I, I hope to <laughs> God I'm not alone because that <laughs> feels so obvious right now. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. That's right. Yeah, Let us know. <laughs> you know what? No, just keep it to yourself. I, I don't want to know. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm alone. It's okay. I already get it. Oh, that's I, so funny. That is crazy. What a br- and so now. So you're right. Like, did they slide down? Now I have to go through this whole thing again that you guys have already come to because I'm catching up. <laughs> did they slide down the side of the ship and are just hidden like phalanges underwater level, or did they actually bend? down like do they bend down under the belly of the ship that that seems to make the most sense to me like they they fold down they fold up and slide to the surface that's what i'm gonna go with that well that's what would make sense but again when they come up they look pretty vertical like are they look horizontal already they look parallel to the surface of the ocean they don't look like they're coming up at an angle and that's why it it seems kind of funky like they must be on just on, on on an arm that just lowers them down. Just uh, as you were saying, Will, it must be an espionage thing. Like they push them down <laughs> below the surface of the ocean. I don't know, a hundred feet or however deep the thing goes, just to hide them. But again, it it's it's a strange design to eh, do it that way. Eh, yeah, I mean, okay, I prefer this over if like Michael Bay was doing this and they just like 
constructed out from the inside of the helicarrier because yeah. that's a lot of wasted space. So I appreciate <laughs> okay. I appreciate at least conceptually that they don't get built <laughs> from the helicarrier. Right, right, right. I I will say to my note yesterday about the fact that I don't understand why any of these people who work on this thing don't have shield branding on their outfits. <laughs> the central little hub on the on the actual uh, turbine has a shield logo. So I just want to say yeah. they did learn some lessons from Hydra. <laughs> What they're doing out of this world, mind blow, bet money on it tech, that's when you show the emblem. That's where you're right. You're like, oh, yeah, we're going to brag about this. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, another element that I do think is worth pointing out, and this was very much part of the conversation as to what they were going to do with this thing, how they wanted the reveal to happen in the uh, the art of the Avengers book, the production designers and the whole visual effects team talk about coming up with this and how they wanted a reveal of it going, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I always think of things like uh, Star Trek or Star Wars, where we kind of get the big reveal of the cool ship, right? This is kind of that moment where we're getting this shot of this thing as it gets to take off and it, it's kind of this like sexy minute of effects as we're watching all of these machine parts move so that it can do this and they they wanted it to be designed in a way where it wasn't going to be flying around all the time they their idea was it's only going to be flying around in times of crisis otherwise it's going to be disguising itself in the ocean as an actual other form of an aircraft carrier and so that's what we're seeing here is that shift to okay we're going into crisis mode because of everything that loki's doing let's take this thing off and so it was in power saving mode up until yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. i got it okay yeah so could the thing actually lift off out of the water? That's my central question. Always. Physically? Yeah, yeah. And I Like if it was in the real world, no. I have an answer. I have an answer thanks to Red Allen. It was originally it was originally on Wired and it was published in in uh parallel with the movie. He did the math and he was like, okay, um, could the shield helicarrier fly? Could it take off out of the water and actually fly? And the assumptions that he used are, were the images that it was about the same size as a Nimitz class carrier, and he used the top-down images and and of of both of those things, and assumed that there are no special aerodynamic effects to help the helicarrier uh, hover, no ground effects, like it just has to be four giant propellers. And he says the answer is absolutely yes, it could if. And the if, it turns out, is significant. If each of the four propellers were effectively the size of the ship itself, that's how <laughs> big they would have to be. So it wow. looks ridiculous because they have to hang off the side of the ship. And they're essentially the size, like the length of the ship, the diameter is, the, is, is effectively the length of the ship. It could totally do what it does in the movie. So uh, it really is just a question of, of the, the overall sort of uh, uh, size of the blades and the to to achieve that same rotational velocity and downward force, 
that especially that he uses a lot of math that I don't understand, but a, a lot of it as, you know, what Iron Man, when the propeller goes wonky and Iron Man has to spin it up again, he says, yeah, I mean, we could we could get there, but it, it would have to be a significantly larger blade. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, that's interesting because on other uh, VTOL aircraft, the propellers aren't as big as the the planes that they're lifting. And so it's interesting, like, in the sense of, propeller to aircraft ratio that we get in other VTOL vehicles, it looks like it could work. And so I guess to that end, in this realm of the fantasy tech that we're getting here, yeah, I don't doubt this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the the issue with the with the, that comparison is um, mass and length, right? The yeah. the mass of this carrier yeah, is square is, cube. Yeah, Ooh. it is not parallel to another VTOL aircraft. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. No, I, yeah, yeah it's just that's why I, we can't yeah. have a Godzilla. It's also yeah, we this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why we can't have Godzilla? <laughs> <laughs> Too much mass. Took me a second. Took me a second to make that comparison, and then I broke. It can't even lift a foot. There's always, well, there's always that one person. There's, there's always, always that one that person. One. Well, according to the, to the square cube rule, yeah. you, you actually physically couldn't have a bipedal Godzilla. <laughs> Shut up. I just want a Godzilla. <laughs> Shut up. I want Godzilla right now. And Mothra. <laughs> Don't even start with me on Mothra. I know. I get it. <laughs> All right. I got a question for the two of you. There is a shot right about 30 seconds in the movie that goes, I don't know, for five seconds or so, where the camera cuts and we're underwater. Yes. And then the camera lifts up out of the water. You see water, like, beating off of the the lens. And we're kind of lifting up as we see we're at the very back of this thing, as it's lifting up also. It's it's an odd shot because there's no sense of perspective. Like, what are, are we out in the ocean? Is this Namor's perspective, perhaps? Like, lifting his head up to watch it taking off? Yes, it is. It's, As, that's like, the shield scuba monitor. And stay out. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I, but it's strange. Like, this is one of those shots. I mean, I get it. We're looking at just different creative shots of the ship. But every once in a while, and this happened in Iron Man 2, where there was a shot, uh, not Iron Man 2, but Iron Man also, where when he was on I, one of his first flights, suddenly we cut to a shot that feels like we're like, attached to the front of one of the 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 fighter jets chasing him but it's like how is this camera position even possible and every once in a while this happens in a movie where i'm like why is this the camera shot that we're cutting to yeah what was the decision behind this because it just it seemed like a strange shot to me If, if it was a camera that was meant to be like on one of the propellers like we're on one propeller looking down toward the other propeller it would have made more sense but this is like okay we're just out in the water behind the ship I don't know, because the shot that it comes from, like the, the shot that is immediately before it is a shot uh, also in from the perspective of in the water looking up at one of the propeller blades. And I really do like the new uh, Namor perspective canon because <laughs> it feels like that's the, hey, wait, I'm down here shot. <laughs> don't turn it on yet shot. And then the and stay out shot. I, I think those work together uh, well. But they are both uniquely strange because everything else is looking up and now we're looking, we're, or is looking down down on what is happening and here we are looking up from from the perspective of the the water it's it's a little bit funky yeah yeah i've never stopped to think about it yeah i'm trying to think of like a justification like i feel like you know you're uh you're joss whedon looking at 15 clips 
of just like raising helicarrier and you have to choose seven of them why this one over something else and i i i <laughs> dramatic perspective i guess yeah because like every every everyone with like a waterproof phone does that right sure, sure, sure. <laughs> one time they'll do they'll do a coming out of the water or going into the water shot and I, You're I saying think it's, it's waterproof, that. really? Let's see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's just right. that. I'd like, like to test that. Ooh, dream! But I don't think it. I'm not. I'm not convinced it serves any other purpose other than like, here's another one. Yeah, it's and you're. It's interesting because I mean, maybe I wouldn't stop and notice it so much, except for the fact that they choose to also have water running off the lens, as mm. if mm. as if we're actually out there doing this, and and it becomes a shot that it's it's like when you suddenly have a moment in a fight scene where dirt or blood hits the lens it's like oh <laughs> just like, oh oh geez yeah. <laughs> okay. it's like why why did this just happen suddenly yeah it's it's one of those weird moments anyway the other question i had for you is i don't know how long it's been sitting here but do you think that they should have already had all these planes like buckled down and everything because we get the shot of the the workmen like strapping these planes down shutting the the cockpits and everything and i was just like is this have they not done this already <laughs> appearances andy appearances. <laughs> yeah right we need the action <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to, to to wonder aloud why there aren't like barnacles and crap on the bottom of the, of the helicarrier. Right? How yeah. long? I mean, it's been in power save mode for God's know how exactly. long. Exactly. Yeah. There's got to be some growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually an interesting perspective because you'd think like even on the glass window that there would be <laughs> something like a sucker fish, just like that kind of. Stuck it onto it that's just kind of dangling yeah. there or something. Honestly, though, I feel like if they did the helicarrier in like phase three or phase four, they probably would have had a scene like that. And you know, if DC had a helicarrier, it would be like that. <laughs> it's, I mean, I love the way that it comes up. We get some fantastic shots of it lifting up and we see the water. Like, it's, I don't know how the design works, but there's like, a bunch of water pouring out from all sorts of different um, openings. And it's kind of neat to see that they really kind of worked out ways to kind of, I don't know, to do whatever it's doing. But I, I think that it's kind of cool. All those liftoff, especially the God's eye view shot where we're like directly above it, watching it coming straight up. I mean, it's, there is some pretty sexy VFX that we get to uh, look at here. It's, it's an exciting little minute to look at. Yeah, it all plays. I have a, potential answer for 64 oh oh good why they choose 64 but i don't feel like it totally fits the decision to have 64 everywhere i don't know if it totally fits but captain america joins the avengers in 1964 okay so there's an argument that if it's a a scene that involves Cap, especially like this scene, putting 64 checks out, but to make it a re a recurring number and theme, I don't know if it t totally checks there. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean, they started the as the comics in 63. Yeah. You know, it's it's like there's, they're kind of skirting it on, on both sides. Uh, the helicarrier was 65, why uh, are they just averaging the years? But I mean, I like your idea that maybe that is when Cap joined them. So we'll go with that. 
no prize for you. Mm-hmm. We also get a, a quick little shot of the the crew all putting on their gas masks and everything. It's kind of nice to see. Just a little nod to the fact that they do have to wear breathing apparatuses because they're going up high. All fun bits. And then we go inside. And, you know, I, I think we're probably going to save the bridge for tomorrow. We'll get a lot of bridge shots and conversation about that. But uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's a it's a fun minute. It's a very, very fun minute. Yeah, it's a great hero reveal. Yeah, just the spectacle when you first when you first saw this back in 2012 in the theaters, like people are starting to join together. The helicarriers taking off and starting to fly. It's just like this is that like rally moment that like the audience gets to get excited about, but the characters aren't as excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a fun minute. We'll be back tomorrow with Will again to close out this week, talk about minute 35. So Will, um, thank you again so much. Thank you. It's so much fun being here. Well, we love it. Uh, Tell everybody again about what you're up to and where they can find you out there on the interwebs. So I'm a guest on this podcast, but I also am a host on my own podcast. It's a, uh, it's called Hype is My Superpower. And, um, as we have alluded, I'm very much into Marvel comics. And so, uh, me and my co-host Steve read comics every single week and we talk about them and break them down and kind of just like, you can go through the Marvel history with us as we read them, uh, every week. It's a lot of fun. That's fantastic. Well, check all that out, everybody. We'll have the links in our show notes, which you can find on your podcatcher. Or if you don't see them there, just go to marvelmovieminute.com and you can look at all of our links there. You can also uh, learn about our membership so you can get early access to shows, get them ad-free, get hiatus episodes, all that good stuff. So that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Minute 35. So, Pete, thanks as always. Oh, maximum performance with Maria Hill tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.